1: Welcome to Nurses Out Loud Thursday edition with Nurse Michelle. We have changed up our format and you can now send in your emails to the nurses at nurses at americaoutloud.com and the nurses will answer your questions on Mondays with nurse Q&A time. So if there's something that we've talked about in the past or you've read in one of our articles or something about a citation you would like some more information about, Just send those questions in if you are facing mandates or there's something special going on in your workplace that you would like the American people to know about. Be sure to just send that information to us through nurses at americaoutloud.com. And on Tuesdays, we're going to be doing nurse news analysis with the nurses out loud crew. And we're going to be discussing what's happening in the news from a nurse's perspective. Yes, we will be addressing topics that are specific to health and wellness, discussing what's happening in the news from the nurse's perspectives and anything to do with the human body, including the mind. And yes, some of those things do become political. So there will be some political perspectives from time to time because sadly we are living in a day where almost every topic is being politicized. Now, for those who may be new to the audience, um, you may not be aware that Nurse Michelle is five weeks post-op from emergency hip surgery. So I was uh, canoeing and kayaking up in Maine for a vacation with my boys, and I did have an accident where I uh, got out of the canoe and put one foot out on a, a rock that was about 45 degrees. Angle And the next foot, I must have had some moisture underneath that foot uh, because when I lifted up my right foot, my left foot just slid right, right out from under me like lightning and I busted it and broke my hip. Um, so it was a really fun story um, that I did tell. It's a article and a show called Nurse Awakens Inside of a Liberal State Hospital. So if you did miss that, you might want to tune in because they did try to mask Nurse Michelle when I came out of surgery and um, in a, it, that's what their policy was because they had a COVID outbreak and that wasn't going to happen. So it's pretty fun what went down and I've gotten some new followers out there from Maine because of that. And welcome to all of you. So here I am five weeks post-op. I would say I am doing really well, but I wanted to talk about something today on the first half about being handicapped. Um, I'm now entering the world as a 56 year old woman who is walking around on a walker. So when I went to church the first time, Everybody who knows me, I have a very large church, um, but when they saw me walking around on a walker, needless to say, um, it is bizarre because I don't look sick. I'm 56 years old. There's no cast on me. Um, There's nothing visible, but my hip um, does have three new screws in it, and I am relearning how to walk. Now, they had me walking on day one of my surgery, um, within the first 24 hours of my surgery, and I've been walking ever since, and I will tell you that... um, I do actually hurt more if I sit longer. So I am finding that the more mobile I am, the better off I am. But walking around with a walker in public places like my church, and then recently this last week, I traveled from Georgia, where I live, to Arizona. So I landed in Phoenix um, International Airport. And just so you know, those of us out there who can't just jump out of our car anymore and suddenly just do everything you want to do. Um, Things change and it gets more complicated and you try to travel. It gets even more complicated. I'm going to tell you something about what happened for me. And I hope you all already have a compassion for people who are handicapped. And hopefully you're among if you're in our audience, we hope that you're a person that's willing to give assistance and notice the handicapped people that are there that might need an extra hand. Because um, sometimes uh, we cannot help ourselves. So here I am, a person that is actually very independent minded. I am not the type to want to ask for help. And here I am now, I'm dependent on a walker to get around. Now, I think I'm about to start on a cane because I'm doing so good, but I have been on a walker. And getting in and out of bed is a problem. Rolling over in bed is a problem. You know, you have your ways that you like to sleep at night. You either like your particular side. And if you're hurt on that side, well, now you can't get on that side. And if you're used to just jumping out of bed in the morning, like I am, I, when I, when it's time for me to wake up, I just, you know, pretty much feel pretty perky and I just get up and going. I'm not the girl that needs the coffee. I tend to wake up, um, pretty perky um, because in my past, I've had so many health issues in the past that it feels so good to not have those health issues that I'm just perky in the mornings and pretty much perky all day long. So I am pretty positive and want to walk and be active. But now I can't even get up and go to the bathroom without complications and discomfort. Right. So, you know, I've seen the video, the pictures of my hip and it looks like, you know, those three screws are in there nice and secure. But, you know, I want back Nurse Michelle that was before, and not all of us get to have that back, and there's people who've lost limbs and organs and um, have debilitating disorders that keep them from being able to have what they used to have, and we at Nurses Out Loud are wanting to find any kind of solutions out there that can be help for all of you so that we can all have the most optimal health possible, but I thought I would bring some awareness to the audience about the handicap, and it's not July right now. It is November of 2023. But in July, it was Disability Pride Month, and the United States was commemorating the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act. It started 30 years ago, that particular act. There are about 42.5 million Americans with disabilities, making up about 13% of the civilian non-institutionalized population, according to the U.S. Census Bureau data that goes back to 2021. This group includes people with hearing, vision, cognitive, walking, self-care, or independent living disabilities. So my particular situation involved being walking. I could not walk by myself anymore. Uh, Self-care became a problem. Um, I could not put a sock on without a little instrument on my left foot. I could not put on some of my clothing on my left leg. I would have to have assistance. And, you know, I don't like having to do that. I have to wait on other people. So people that are having disabilities that are alone think about the suffering that they're going through and the, and the risks that you take out. And let me tell you, it's a risk to um, have to put a buckle on a shoe that you can't reach. And you can actually be amazed how quickly you could actually tumble and tossle and fall. In a shower, I have to have a stool because shaving my legs down to my ankles isn't quite as easy anymore. So that has, um, thank goodness in the last two weeks from week four to about now five, I would say that that's getting easier, but I don't feel safe completely um, reaching down and shaving my legs. So there's about eight facts about Americans with disabilities based on government data and a recent Pew Research Center survey. And I want to share some of those with you and then tell you some of my Um, antics and things that have happened to me since being a disabled person so number one older Americans are significantly more likely than younger adults to have a disability that may not come as a big surprise to you but 46% of Americans ages 75 and older and 24% of those ages 65 to 74 report having a disability according to the estimates from the Census Bureau in 2021 um, this compares with about 12% of adults ages 35 to 64, and only 8% of adults under 35 that are um, experiencing handicaps in our country. Number two, Americans in certain racial and ethnic groups are more likely to have disability. And interestingly enough, American Indians, which Nurse Jody, our Friday nurse, um, and the natives, Alaska natives, and the American Indians, full are 18% of them are among those that report having a disability. Asian and Hispanic are least likely to say they have a disability, representing only about 8 to 10% of the disabled. And white and black Americans um, with disabilities fall into the middle, which is about 14% of the disabilities in America. Now, number three, the most common types of disability in the U.S. involve difficulties with walking, like Nurse Michelle Independent living, like Nurse Michelle issues, or cognition, and those could I could actually be a cognition person if I had actually hit my head, which could have easily been done had there not been a shrub um, in the way because I slipped on rocks on an island full of rocks, and um, as you, if you recall my story, when they were getting me out of the canoe to get me to the dock after the, you know. Uh, canoe back to shore, um, they broke my rib getting me out of the boat. So anybody could drop me on a boulder and things could have gotten a lot worse. So 7% of Americans report having serious ambulatory difficulties or struggling with walking or climbing stairs. And that's where I am. My boys are lucky right now. Their bedrooms are upstairs. Nurse Michelle's not coming up there to be inspecting it. And they're probably really happy. I, I, Really hate to see what I'm going to find when I finally get to go up those stairs. And when I met my first attempt at stairs, it was when I traveled to a wedding in Ohio. I got permission at two weeks post op to make an eight hour trek, and I did drive to Ohio. And my son was with me, and yes, I was very dependent on him, and it was a very humbling experience. Because I was 100% dependent on him to get everything out of my car, put the elevated potty over my um, hotel potty, and um, also bring all my equipment inside and my luggage, and I couldn't carry any of it. So that was quite independent to be able to drive, and I felt quite good to be able to do it. But I was still independent. And yes, um, everybody else was dancing on the dance floor during the wedding, and I did not get to do that. But I had intentions of doing it. I thought I could maybe stand inside my walker and just have a little fun. But it was a pretty um, much more mobile crowd at this wedding. So I thought maybe it was best not to go out there. Um, About 6% of Americans report difficulties with independent living, and I fell into that category pretty rapidly. And I, I did not enjoy that very much. And I want you to know that anybody that's out there that is handicapped... Um, they don't want to be either. They would like to be able to just jump up and run and do whatever they want to do and do what you're doing and uh, cut a rug out on the dance floor and chase after somebody if they want to. And you can't do that when you have um, aids that you're required to grab to do it. Number four, Americans with disabilities tend to earn less than those who do not have a disability. So, for example, um, when it came time for me to fly to Phoenix, I had a speaking engagement there as Nurse Michelle. And my husband said to me, "Well, do you think maybe because you're handicapped now, you're not supposed to go to that speaking engagement?" And I'm like, "No, I I think I am supposed to go to that." And I was feeling so good; I had permission from the doctors to do so. So I was fully intending to go, and I did. But you know what? If I had had a head injury, I may not have been able to do that. But those with disabilities earned a median income of twenty eight thousand dollars in twenty twenty one, compared to the median income of about. Almost $41,000 for the average people without disabilities, according to the Census Bureau. And on average, people with disabilities accounted for 4% of employed Americans in 2022. So, in other words, they're not. They're not a large part of the population. You know, they're probably getting services or uh, checks from the government or some kind of financial assistance because they cannot earn because of their disability. So quite a bit of compassion uh, deserves to be stretched that direction. Five, disabled Americans have lower rates of technology adoption for some devices. Think about it. Some of these devices, they look pretty high tech. U.S. adults with a disability are less likely than those without a disability to say they own a desktop or laptop. Top computer that's sixty two percent versus eighty one percent, or a smartphone, which seventy two percent don't feel like they know how to operate a, a smartphone, and that's from a center survey from winter of twenty twenty one. Similar Americans with uh, dis- without disabilities say they have high speed internet. Even so, disabled Americans are less likely than those without a disability to report even using the Internet. So think of everything you get from the Internet or your phone that, you know, just you ask Siri whatever you want to ask her, and she's going to come up with questions. But if you use AI and you want a question about what happened with the COVID-19 vaccine, FYI, Nurse Michelle has found out that for whatever reason, AI hasn't been updated since 2021. I wonder why. So on to the next part about disabilities, Um, number six. The percentage of U.S. public school students who receive special education or related services has increased over the last decade. According to the data from the National Center for Education Statistics during 2021-22 school year, there were 7.3 million American students receiving special education or related services in U.S. public schools, making up 15% of total enrollment. This figure rose since since 2010, with 6.4 million disabled. And I would love to know that prior to the vaccine schedule being increased in 1986, because prior to 1986, we didn't have um, liability-free protection on vaccines, and we had a lot less vaccines on the childhood vaccine schedule. And now we have 72 shots before you are 18 years old. And it would be interesting to know just how many more disabled children needing services have increased since 1986 and some of you out there that are into statistics can see whether or not there is a correlation and causation going on there okay number 7 disabled americans well let me just say this about number 6 before i move on to number 7 um i have a couple of children who have disabilities And it is a game changer for a family when you have a child with disabilities. There is medical equipment that you need. There is physical therapists, occupational therapists, um, speech therapists. There is need for sometimes medication. There's need for more interventions with the medical community. There is, we traveled all over the country for my daughter who was chickenpox vaccine injured. And I would say she was probably the million dollar child because literally the amount, probably more than a million um out of pocket or if you count everything that actually had to be done with including insurance. Disability does cost money and there is need to to ha- have help. And sadly, most families with disabled children, if you have a decent income that doesn't qualify for Medicaid, you are in a trap where you are trying to get services through the school. And fighting like you just cannot believe for any kind of help financially. And I bet you there's a high divorce rate among families that have children with disabilities. And I don't have that stat in front of me, but I can guarantee you that it does stress out marriages and stresses out families. And if there's multiple kids, like I have six kids, the the special needs child is going to take a lot more energy from the parents And so there's always going to be that balancing act that's going on. So if you have families in your church community or friends that you know, do recognize that they are in need and you may need to be the person that gives them it. A helping hand. Uh, number seven, the disabled Americans are much more likely than other Americans to have faced psychological distress during the COVID-19 pandemic. And that was based on an analysis that, that analysis that examined survey responses from the same Americans over time. About two-thirds, which is 66% of adults who have a disability or health condition that keeps them from participating fully in work, school, or housework, or other activities reported, a high-level Level of distress at least once across four surveys conducted. So, COVID hit the disabled harder than those who do not have it. And I'm, you know, I became disabled um, for quite about, about three months following COVID. I mean, I was on a walker for a month and oxygen for three months. And my health, you know, I knew what to fight for to get. And it was very hard. And the reason, you know, Nurse Michelle today is because I recognized how difficult it was for a nurse to fight for herself. And I and the Lord put on my heart the verse, the my people are perishing for lack of knowledge. So how much greater were the people out there suffering who didn't have medical knowledge and didn't know how to fight for what they needed? And imagine being a person with a cognitive disability or you've had a car wreck and your brain's been injured and you need um, and you're in a distress situation or COVID has struck, and there's pandemics. We're talking about difficulty upon difficulty, right? So let's all be the people that do put the helping hand out. Um, number eight and final one, to just to bring your attention, is the employed Americans generally think their workplace is... Is accessible for people with disabilities. So employed Americans generally think their workplace is accessible for people with disabilities. But another 17% Um, say their workplace is not all accessible, while 8% are not sure. So um, I want to say this, that recently, while I was in Phoenix, I was needing to be dropped off somewhere to pick up an Uber. And we're like, oh, there's a restaurant, just let's just stop right there. Well, there was only stairs into the restaurant. We're like, No. It's, it's not even legal to have no access to a restaurant, but sure enough, we had to go down almost not a block, but um, let's say 50 parking spaces and about five stores down to the other end of the shopping complex where there was finally a ramp for somebody with a walker to go up and then I just made up the decision that it wasn't worth it for me to wheel my walker all the way down to the other end to wait at a restaurant when there was a uh, clothing store right there. And I walked into the clothing store and said, um, do you have any chairs? I need to wait for an Uber. And they did. It was a men's clothing store. And I went and sat down in their lovely leather chairs and waited for my Uber. But there I woke up to the reality that if you're handicapped and you're needing just to get into a building you want to do, if I had wanted to eat at that restaurant, I uh, this disabled person was not, would not have chosen that restaurant. So, FYI restaurants out there, you will not get any uh, money from the disabled piece, people that you do not have a willingness to accommodate. I would have bought a chai tea latte if I had been able to get in there, but you weren't accessible. So, I sat instead in a men's clothing store that they also didn't get any business from me. So, let me tell you something about what happened with the airport. So, when you present to an airport as a disabled person, You have to call in advance to make sure that you can be driven to the curbside and picked up. Now, I watched a lot of people whose loved ones were flying with them and they were being scooted around the place, you know, willy nilly all and they were pushing either their spouse or their loved one. Right. Um, But Nurse Michelle was getting dropped off at curbside. So I had to have strangers come and meet me. And that is not as easy as you might think to actually get them to come and meet you even though that may be their job so they finally come and get you and you're coming from your car to your wheelchair because um, and then all your suitcase and luggage and everything has to be shoved underneath and if you want to save money if y'all don't know this you don't have to check your bags and pay the $30 to check your bags you can normally I just wheel it right to the side of the plane and right before I get in you can just tell them you're going to check it at plane side and for free they'll throw it right underneath the plane just as if I had paid $30. So I always save money by doing that. But if I can't walk, if I'm walking with a walker, I can't push a suitcase, much less carry my carry on on my back. So it's impossible. So I'm stuck with having to have wheelchair assistance. So I got myself brought into the wheelchair room and there's about 30 people ahead of me and I'm there two hours early and I'm questioning whether or not it's actually early enough to get there. And I literally got there by the skin of my teeth. And my first moment after my surgery, I had to um, go through security, but I was in a wheelchair. It was only three days post-op, and they had to wand secure um, search me. Um, And it was actually quite much more invasive to have the security people look me over. I mean, I'm sitting here looking like a vulnerable person in a wheelchair, but, you know, they've got to check me out to see if I've got a bomb on me. And it took a lot longer to deal with me because I was sitting, I was sit dependent and um, I don't think I looked threatening, but yet I I had a much longer time getting through that. So when I actually came back the second time, which I was four or five weeks post-op, I said to them, yes, I can walk through that thing. give me a cane. And I let go of my walker and I used a cane to go through it because I didn't want to be uh, put up with the hassle. But I did pay a price for that. And this time when I walked through, I got over to the other side and my helper had left me. So I was stuck not being able to get my my box emptied. And um, a, a person that was a stranger said, hey, do you need me to get your box, your, your bag for you? So they brought my box to me and I missed my phone. And actually lost it momentarily and almost did not get on the plane and had to deal with security to hunt down my phone and everything. And I was ready to say somebody had stolen it when actually it was just a handicapped person that was struggling um, losing their own phone. So it's, that's just a reality Nurse Michelle had to face. But by the time I got to my plane, uh, it's immediately another problem. You're in a transport walk up uh, wheelchair and then you have to be transported to this little teeny little Wheelchair that's skinny enough to go through the aisles of the plane. Well, I'm not necessarily very, I'm not wide. Um, I, I'm i my new ideal body weight right now. And I, that's because I went vegan this year and I've had a really healthy year. So my hips that have hip surgery are at the level of the seats being wheeled through the seats and every seat I went past, my, the cheeks of my um hips hit The seats. So imagine if I had been a heavy person. When you walk through an aisle of an airplane, even if you're heavy and curvy, you're walking up higher. You're not walking at seat level. They were literally scooting me through. And I'd say that that um, little chair that they scoot you through the aisle on is probably 12 inches wide. Okay, you know, you can measure your hiney and see if it's 12 inches wide or not while you're standing up and find out just how much your cheeks might have bumped the seats. And so my cheeks had um, three um, screw holes in them and I wasn't really thrilled about that. And then, you know, you get in your seat and if somebody on the other side of you has to go to the bathroom. The person has a difficulty getting their their legs turned to the aisle for somebody else to go um, to the bathroom. And then you got to do it again when they come back. And then my next obstacle was that uh, they were running late with me. They took so long on flying me out to Phoenix that I did not get a chance to go to the restroom before I got on the plane. And it was a four hour flight to Phoenix. And I thought, oh, I can just hold it. I'll be good. Well, let me tell you what, four hours and a couple of ginger rails later, I was about to die and there was no way I was going to raise my hand and ask for that stewardess who was running up and down the biggest plane I'd ever been on in my life to come and get that little tiny wheelchair to get me out of the middle seat to go to the restroom. So I thought I could handle it. And like I said, this was the largest plane ever. So the people with disabilities are the last people to leave the plane. Yes. So the, I kept wondering when the last people were going to come out, and there must have been 700 people on that plane. I'm not sure how many seats are on Flight a set 700. out, 747 airplane, but I'm telling you there's a lot of people on there because... I didn't think they'd ever stop coming. And by the time that all the last people had emptied out, Nurse Michelle was friends with all the stewardesses and they're all now listening to Nurses Out Loud talk radio and their followers of Nurse Michelle because I made sure that they knew that their stories could be heard also on Nurses Out Loud, just like anybody else's that has a story to tell. There's always a reason to be friendly. And um, when I was trapped on the end of the plane, I was definitely trying to show myself friendly as usual, making friends with those stewardesses and people that were courteous enough to be kind to me while I was waiting. And when we come back, I'll tell you some more about my trip to Phoenix because we went to a wonderful medical freedom event. The nurses of Nurses Out Loud were all there. And we had a great time and I'm going to share with you some of the amazing things that we got exposed to and resources for people like myself who are handicapped or struggling with pain or any kind of um, injury or trauma because boy was their help at this event. And I was so thankful for that. So But let me stop right there before the break and and tell you about the wonderful things that you should be checking out in the AmericaOutloud.shop store. So there's the ASEA products. I cannot tell you enough how much the ASEA gel has made such an impact on pain relief for me. It is the only pain reliever I have had to use. So if you're a person suffering with pain from a trauma or other reasons, you have got to go to... The AmericaOutLoud.shop and check out the Renew 28 ASEA Gel, 100% natural and native to your body. And what amazing relief it did bring me.
0: It's time and this is
2: why. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With ASEA Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. The buildup of
1: spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, foreign protein cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally.
0: We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit GenesisFolger.com forward to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. In 2008, People could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. America Out news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us. In the fight for liberty and justice for all, America Out Loud Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud, where we left off. I was getting off the plane in Arizona and telling you about the journey of nurse Michelle with a hip surgery, becoming a handicapped person and letting, uh, trying to open some eyes about what those of us face that are in this kind of situation. So when I did land there, my first obstacle was now I'm going to have to get an Uber driver and who's going to be responsible for my suitcase at curbside. And I just sat, I got wheeled out to the curbside to get picked up and I was left there in my wheelchair and everybody, you know, wondering if anybody's coming to help me, but sure enough, the Uber driver came and got me and it was helpful. And the first obstacle I had when I got to Nurse Jody's house was in Phoenix, Arizona, it's not like there's grass everywhere, it's a desert. So there's rocks in everybody's yards. So I had to come to a back special accommodation area to be able to access a a, a sidewalk. And then every day I had an Uber driver that I was dependent on. And when any nurses wanted to take me back and forth to anywhere, because I didn't have my own car, They had to come and pick me up in the handicapped parking area, and it wasn't as uh, easy to get in and out of the facility because it wasn't an overly accommodating facility, Um, but I had somebody faithfully daily open the doors for me and make sure I could get in, and navigating was quite a trick. I did realize that those flat carpets that are outside of most public entrances, I'm telling you what, I bet you I would love to know a statistic on how many older ladies on walkers die. At a door like that, because I'm telling you, if you're using a walker with wheels on the front and the back legs are, are non wheeled, every time I'd roll over one of those carpets, the back of the back two legs of the walker would catch that carpet. And start pulling it forward and nearly push me forward to a nosedive into the door. And I'm a 56-year-old person who doesn't have any other disabilities going on that would would make my uh, ability to walk a problem. So heads up, everybody. Your grandma who's walking on something like that, warning, those flat-looking carpets are a threat to your life. Be careful. The same is true at my church. And I've nearly fallen. I couldn't tell you how many times. And I'm a person who has never fallen in 56 years, really. I mean, that I can remember. And I have multiple sclerosis and I have semi fallen into shrubs and lost balance and had severe vertigo. But I am telling you when you've had a hip surgery and they say, well, the worst thing you could do is fall on your hip. Well, I'm like, well, what's the chances of that happening? Right? Well, I'm telling you when you're walking with an ambulatory device or a cane or a walker, you have a higher incidence of an incident happening to you. It's really quite humbling to realize the the situation. So anyways, um, Nurse Michelle was doing helping... sign people up and get them in and orient them to the location. Uh, there was a nurse's was- event where nurses from around the country were descending to find solutions for nurses. There was a chiropractic event going on and a functional medicine event. So we had amazing speakers from that. A lot of the names you've heard, some of them are, have been here on America out loud. News and on nurses out loud. But uh, in the nurse's event, nurse Michelle did get an opportunity to speak And a wonderful opportunity opened itself for me that a Norwegian journalist said that she was quite confident that no one in Norway may have heard about the benefits of nasal oral sanitation and the uh, benefit it could offer the COVID and flu and RSV patient. And she's going to have me on her television channel to teach the Norwegian people. So I am just thrilled about that opportunity and just really happy about it. But let me tell you, when I went into the vendor hall of this event, it's a wellness convention, right? It's a place where solutions are going to be provided for chiropractors and doctor's offices that are trying to be functional medicine, integrative medicine people that are looking for solutions to the problems of this world that the human body experiences that are coming from a natural perspective. So it hit Nurse Michelle. It's like, oh my word, this is like spa day every day for me. If I go to all these booths and use all of their services, I need to find out what they have, what they can do to help me. I want to help myself improve while I was there. So um, Nurse Michelle does represent Sovereign Silver, And they were um, teaching people that if you have pain, which when you're standing all day on a walker and you put your ASEA gel on the morning and you forgot to bring it with you to the event and you're there for 12 hours, you're starting to wish you had your gel back with you and you don't. So he said, if I uh, did five shots of sovereign copper, I think it was the sovereign copper, um, and then wait about 30 minutes and then come back and do it again. He said, you know, your pain's gone. You're going to be good. And I'm like, sign me up. I'm doing it. So I did a couple of rounds. Every time I went by there, I was um, downing the sovereign copper. And I'll leave a link for everybody in there if you want to look into that. But it was five little tiny shot glasses that was about a swallow worth that I held in my mouth for 30 seconds. Because if you just drink it straight and swallow it, it's just going to the acids of the stomach are going to not it's not going to be any benefit to you. So you want to absorb it in your mouth while you are holding it there for 30 seconds. And I might add, that wasn't so easy for me. Um, I'm an easy gagger. So I had to learn the skill of holding that in my mouth for 30 seconds. So that was one of the therapeutics I did. And then there was this wonderful booth that had red light therapy and a bed that you could lay on that had, it felt like you were literally laying on an ocean and waves were coming up underneath your body and you had a headset on with brain, I think it was called brain tap. And you could listen to this music that's organizing your brain at the same time you close your eyes, you have sunglasses on that have lights that are radiating through your eyes, but you're supposed to keep your eyes closed. And red light is above you. And when I when that my 15 minutes was up on there, I'm telling you, I did not need my walker. But I was stuck with it. So I had to go on to the next booth to find the next wonderful um, things to offer. And one of the other things that I came across was these women that were um, sitting down at a booth with a metal instrument that they were using to go over b- various people's body parts. And I kept walk- walking by and saw various people looking like they were in la-la land, happy with whatever these ladies were doing to them. And that certainly looked attractive to Nurse Michelle, who was um, starting to have achy back and neck. Um, I it, Here I have a hip surgery issue. And my neck and back is what was bothering me. And sometimes it's because you're walking with a walker. And to keep this in mind when you're dealing with handicapped people, the very instruments that they're using to help them, that they're required to use because they can't walk without the aid of the tool. So you have this tool, this walker, you'll be amazed how much you will guard your body from pain. If you are holding onto a walker, I was literally clenching that walker to guard from pain at times. And I have literally messed up my spine, my neck, my hands, my shoulders everywhere, just because I have a fall and broke my hip. Okay. So I could not wait to talk to these ladies. And what they were actually using was called microcurrent therapy. And um, they were trying to get doctors to get this in their office. And then they would train somebody in their office to be able to do this for clients. And it's about $150 an hour, but they said that most treatments would cost about $50 and I'm sorry, would, would be done in about 30 minutes and would average about 50 to $75 for you to get the therapeutic, but they were doing it for free. So I'm like, I'm doing this. And I think the first day I was there, I did have a dress on. And when I found them, and they asked me where my problem was. And when um, they said, well, I guess we could do this through your clothes. I'm like, no, you know, we're going to find some way to get to my where the problem area is. I want relief. And so they took care of my leg. And I am telling you, it was like a little electrical current. It is not a TENS unit. You may be thinking that. Apparently, a TENS unit can actually scar some of your tissue over long-term use. And this does not do it. And they actually said that, um, let me see if I can give you a little knowledge on what they say they do that the cells in your body apparently we we know this they communicate with each other with electricity and between the cells and organs and the tissues to promote healing and it's it's for good health to to have good communication right those who don't have good communication because of scar tissue are going to have more problems so someone like myself who just had you know mechanisms stuck inside of me any of the muscles and tendons and tissues and fascia that was gone through is potentially damaged. So they use that microcurrent of electricity to change and correct how this communication happens in the body to promote healing and pain relief. And that was right up my alley when I was looking for. And they said it's a natural treatment that illuminates acute and chronic pain for all types without need of addictive drugs and um, painful meds and long-term recovery. So I'm doing everything I possibly can to avoid drugs and, you know, I don't even think sometimes about the long the long-term impact of all my muscles. So when my physical therapist was working with me prior to me going to this trip, I told, I would point to some areas where I had pain and he would say, okay, I'm going to do this. And he would get his hands and smash into an area in my thigh that was very painful. And he would make it more painful. And I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you making it so bad? He's like, I'm going to be doing myofascial release with you. And so he would literally push until that pain stopped. And when it did, it was like, ah, the pain is gone. This is wonderful. And you are a miracle maker. I I love you. So it was wonderful. I was so thankful for it. And this particular tool that this woman was using was doing the same thing in a different way with electrical current. So Nurse Michelle got all fixed up with that and was so happy. And then the next thing that I came across was called LifeWay three ninety thirty nine. And it is a patch that you put on a a bony prominence or somewhere in your body that they set for you. And I, I, I guess I knew this, but I didn't realize it at the time is that we are basically light that we do emanate light off of our body. We have red light and other light colors that are at d- different parts of our body. For some who've had a, a, some special scans of your body, you may have seen the picture of it as different color scans. And they're looking for things that aren't having the right color in you. So this particular dot that they put a little sticker on you was able to reflect back to your body, the light that's coming from you back to itself, which is therapeutic. And somehow that, and I mean, it's a lot of science on it that Nurse Michelle is going to be teaching you about in the days to come because I was totally sold on this thing. Um, it will stimulate your own stem cells to make more and go and find the problem areas in the body and fix them. So I wore one for a day and they said, you're going to sleep like a baby. Well, by the time I'd done all my therapeutics that I did in that place that day, That night, Nurse Michelle did, in fact, sleep like a baby, and I was able to sleep on my left side, which I love to sleep on, um, for the first time since my incident. So I was just thrilled with that, so thankful for that opportunity. Well, the next day, when I came back to that same booth, they wanted to do something with my vagus nerve in my neck and around my carotid area. And um, I was really looking forward to that, but people kept being there. My turn finally came. And while she was doing my neck, she said, Nurse Michelle, you have whiplash. And even as she said it, even though I'm a nurse, it hit me like a ton of bricks that here, Nurse Michelle slipped and fell on a rock, had to ride emergency transport to the hospital, have emergency surgery. What did the allopathic medical system do for me? They put two, three screws in my body offered drugs that were narcotics that would make potential addictions for me and sent me on my way. They did not scan uh, with an MRI or a CT at any of the muscles, tendons, ligaments, anything else to see if anything else was hurt in my body. They just did an x-ray only. Okay, And here I am five weeks later being told at a conference that I chose to go to. Because I was reporting you know, neck, soreness, and all this other stuff, thinking it was just because of my walker. And here I have whiplash. And it's like, duh, of course you have whiplash, Michelle. You literally whipped your head and neck and body. Your whole body got whipped when it hit that ground so suddenly. So here this woman was using this machine. And I was watching my shoulder lift up and down involuntarily because this thing was basically releasing the tension from the whiplash to let my neck go back into its appropriate alignment. And let me tell you, when she was done with that, it was like night and day. Like she had fixed something major in me and I was ready to sink some money and buy one of those things. And they were pretty expensive. They're meant to be inside of a medical equipment place, a medical facility that you would have it done. But she said people buy them all the time for themselves and they train them how to do it. So um, it's going to be something that I'm going to look into and bring to you all in the future to see if some of you out there are suffering with chronic muscle pain, or maybe there's somebody with cerebral palsy in your life that has tight muscles that need some kind of uh, microcurrent therapy to potentially help them, this could be a lifesaver. This thing was amazing. So Nurse Michelle, thankful, very thankful for those moments. One other thing that kept happening to me is not only did I have Uber drivers and other people, I'd always have to find where the ramps are and things like that. But once you get inside of a restaurant, once you've pretty much found your spot, you're stuck there. And I'm a social bug. So I usually don't stay places. I don't usually stay put. I usually am the person that's buzzing around wanting to meet. If I don't know you, I want to know you. So anyways, Nurse Michelle was not able to be herself. And I'm thankful for people who were willing to be the social bug and come sit with me and visit with me. And there were plenty that did, but there were moments that I was realizing I couldn't be who I was. And I was really hoping there was going to be friendly people out there like myself who were willing to be those friendly people. But then on the last day of my trip, um, I, and I'm gonna we're going to be telling you on the Nurse News Analysis and other times this week, about some speakers that were at this event. But I have to tell you all, I met Dr. Brownstein finally in person. I've been teaching the Brownstein protocol throughout COVID. And it was such an honor to get to meet him. And he's going to be coming on the show. I'm so thrilled. And Dr. James Thorpe is going to come on as well. And we're going to be talking about the recent um, chain notice that the FDA has said about the increase in fetal death that's happening in our country. But not today. We're going to finish up with What it's like to be a disabled person and being aware of what's going on and tell you the last adventure of Nurse Michelle, what happened on the last leg of my journey. So um, Nurse Jody and Nurse Kimberly brought me to the airport and left me there. We took our photos together and then the airport staff took over. And I'd done this several times by this point. I had traveled enough and done enough moving mobility that I felt like I could do this. Right. So they took me in. And usually what happens is they just cart you to security and your assistant that transports you, your transport assistant, um, puts all of your stuff that's underneath the wheelchair on the security table and help you get your shoes off because I was definitely going to be taking my shoes. I was going to walk with a cane this time. I was not going to go through the harangue of being wanded. Um, So that's what normally happens. And then you're wheeled to the door of the plane and they put you on that little teeny weeny wheelchair. Somebody needs to invent a teeny weeny walker for walking up and down the aisle because that, that was just crazy. So anyways, we get me in a wheelchair and I'm going along thinking all is going well. And then I go to a very far off place away from where everybody's checking in at the Delta counter. And I'm parked with about, I'd say at the point that I got there, there were 10, maybe to 15 wheelchairs all lined up in three rows. And I was at the back of the row. And that was my first red flag that something's wrong, Houston. And they parked me there and If you know me in person or you have gotten to know me through the radio show, I'm very friendly. And so I'm going to talk to whoever's within talking distance and met a woman that was right beside me who um, admitted that she was an alcoholic and I was able to talk to her about some wonderful things that I had learned that weekend about help for alcoholics. And she had never heard of grounding and the benefits of grounding. So she said it was a divine appointment that we got to meet each other. Well, that was wonderful. While Michelle thinks she's just going to be waiting for five or 10 minutes, right? For my pickup service to come and get me and take me to security. But the minutes kept ticking by, and Nurse Michelle's pretty chatty. So I'm talking away, and then I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. How long have we been sitting here? Where, Where is the people that work here? Why is nobody disappearing? Why are we all not leaving? And um, I I started getting kind of panicky for my own plane because I saw my time ticking. I got there two hours early. But here I was waiting and nobody was coming to get us. And there was elevators off in the distance and everybody who had a loved one with their wheelchair was whisking by and and going on their merry way. But all of us that were dependent did not have a loved one with us to take us to uh, plain side. Um, And also the people that are trained to do this, you know, they're trained to do it correctly and keep you safe. They're supposed to keep you safe. So you want them to come and get you. So time kept passing. So uh, Nurse Michelle, patient advocate, um, even though I was the patient at the moment, had to turn back on and be a patient advocate again for everybody that was standing there. And I was like calling out to anybody that was within any auditory reach that even remotely looked like a employee of the airport. And finally, I found somebody and I said, please come over here and tell me what's going on. I said, all of these people that are near me are about to fly about the same time I am And we are way too close past security check. We haven't gone to security. What's up? And they said, oh, all of the people in charge, they haven't gotten off the plane from taking the last crowd. I, so I said, OK, well, that is the reason. But you have a problem you've got to solve now. You've got to get some volunteers that are in this ho- this building that you've got to get here. I said, this is an optional. We cannot sit here. We will miss our planes. And some of these people are medically fragile. They may be going to medical appointments. They may be going to hospitals or they're not doing so well. They need to be on time. So he left to supposedly be a solution and he never came back. And by the time that we are all sitting there, it's been about an hour. And nurse Michelle is literally looking for anybody with any power and authority looking whatsoever and about to um, get my walker detached from behind me and scoot myself over to the counter and start dealing with people, and I said to the crowd, "I said, okay, are y'all willing if I cannot find any help to all in unison say, help us, and let the whole place hear us and get somebody's attention?" And they were in. They were willing to do that. I thought that would work. And about that moment, uh, two pilots came whisking by us. So I yelled out, pilots, pilots, help us. And that got their attention because they were attentive. And they came over. I said, we are in a very bad situation. I said, my plane is boarding now and the flight is leaving in 20 minutes. And I am not even leaving. I have not been through security and neither have these people. And so they uh, called out for somebody, and the next thing I know, I'm getting somebody finally an hour later to whisk me to Plainside. And let me tell you what, this person flew. I actually videoed this person having to run with me through the airport to get me to security and then run with me from security to Plainside. And when I got to Plainside, there we are with a little tiny wheelchair again, And you're dependent on other people to help you get into the wheelchair to get onto the plane. But I finally got that moment and the wonderful stewardess, he said to me, "Um, we're going to give you a free fruit and cheese platter or whatever you want to eat while you're on the plane. We're really sorry about this. But let me say to you, it isn't enough for them to say sorry, right? This was a problem. And some of the other people may have actually missed their plane. And really what happened was neglect of medical people, right? So that was just another way that the handicapped people of our society can suffer. So, but Nurse Michelle finally got in my seat and um, I had a four-hour flight ahead of me. And I am telling you, Nurse Michelle, it's just like I'm Forrest Gump or something. We always end up meeting... I get seated beside the most amazing people always, whether it be in the airport or whether it be in a plane. And I've always prayed, Lord, you know, let me have conversations with those you want me to have conversations with. And the person that was to my side, we talked nonstop for four hours, and he is a cybersecurity expert all over the world, and he is going to be coming on to Nurses Out Loud to help all of you know what you can do to keep yourself safe and to know what to do with your technology. But um, it, it was even more interesting. He has a son who actually is in something I never knew was existed, and it's called Space Law. Have you ever heard of such a thing, Space Law? But it does exist. And if you think about it, if you do, in fact, ever put people on the moon and people actually do ever stay there. And you have a German scientist and a Swedish scientist there, and they decide to make a baby together while there. What is their na- the baby's nationality? Child. And if he decides to be an abusive person, what laws protect her on the moon, Right. And he just went through all the things that we all take for granted here on Earth and that there literally is an entire category of space law. Who would have thought? Right. But there was so much more a valuable conversation that happened there. So anyways, the end of Nurse Michelle's journey was that we had a great medical conference. There's going to be so much that the nurses are going to be bringing to you to teach you about what we learned at these conferences, what wonderful modalities have have been known for some time or maybe new that we can bring to you all to bring help and hope to those of you that are either COVID long hauler or you are a COVID-19 vaccine injured person, or you are a chronically ill person. I mean, nurses, nurse Michelle, I don't like to say I'm a chronically ill person because I've been really healthy, but I do have multiple sclerosis. I am a previous stroke patient and there's a lot of things on my list that aren't really safe. And so we're all, I found some things that actually are amazing solutions for myself. One of those companies is sending me um, what's called a Juvent platform. That's a micro impact platform that increases bone mineral and density in, you know, people. And there's so much more that it does for the bones and our body in general that they're going to let me have one that I'll stand on for 20 minutes every day for three weeks for free, and then I can decide whether or not I want one. But the beauty of this particular product that they boast is that you can get it for 90 days, purchase it and have it for 90 days. And they say what? that if you, if you have not experienced significant physical change or walking, moving and having a significant change in your health, then um, you get 100% of your money back. And um, they said it's 98% of people keep it. So, I cannot wait to do it. I've only done a 120 second session, and I will be reporting to you all about the Juvent Micro Impact Platform with you here, and I'll put a link to it in my um, show notes for you to read about it in advance. But everyone, thank you for any prayers you've lifted on my behalf. I hope you've learned something about the struggles of the recently injured and those that are chronically handicapped. And let's all try to be help and hope for those that are out there suffering because it is harder for those that are needing accommodation and be a part of the solution. Tune into the nurse Q&A on Mondays at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. And then the nurse news analysis every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. Remember, it's up to each of us to share valuable content with others that you know that you think could either be encouraged by something you're hearing on AmericaOutloud.news or something you've learned on AmericaOutloud.news. It's very easy to share. Just go to AmericaOutloud.news. And pick your show that you are wanting to get the article from. And every time you share an article from AmericaOutloud.news, there is always the audio player that's right there that can play the recording from the show. But remember, our shows go to podcasts. And anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find our shows. Be sure to tune in to Nurse Kimberly every Wednesday and Nurse Jody every Friday. And I'll be right here every Thursday, Nurse Michelle. We look forward to hearing your questions. Email to us at nurses at americaoutloud.com. And until next week, we will bring you the latest news here on Nurses Out Loud. Until next week.
0: It's time